Thanks for staying with us. We are live on DSTV channel 421 on your digital television and around the world at myjoyonline.com. The details now. Ranking Member of Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee, Samuel Okujetua Blackwa, is calling for Parliament to reconvene over the decision by ECOWAS to activate a standby force that will be deployed to Niger to restore constitutional order. This is after the Presidential Guard in the West African country toppled the democratically elected President Mohamed Bazoum. After a summit yesterday in Abuja, President Kufado and other West African leaders ordered their military commanders to commence necessary actions in that effect. But ranking member on Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee, Samuel Okujetua Blako, says President Kufado must subject the decision of ECOWAS to Ghana's parliamentary scrutiny. Okay, sir. That we condemn the approach of the Akufuado Baumia government. They should have subjected all of these matters to a full blown parliamentary debate. Look at what is happening even in Nigeria. Despite the president's decision, the Senate is debating these matters and even departing from the president's decision. Other countries are subjecting this major decision to a parliamentary debate, a parliamentary vote for a parliamentary resolution. That is what is done in a democracy. Why is it that President Akufuado, he just gets off and he goes there communicating a Ghanaian position? How did he arrive at that Ghanaian position? Has there been a debate? Has there been national consensus? Has there been a certain bipartisan approach? No. That is why in the statement that the NDC put out yesterday, signed by the General Secretary, we are calling on the President to come back to Ghana, come to Parliament, let that's where the people's representatives are. Let's have a debate, and then we can know what really the Ghana position is and what direction we should take as a country. As it is now, it is only the president who purports to be... And you see, the irony is that you are going out there to lecture others on democracy. But in your country, back at home, you are not following democratic tenets. Mm. Democracy demands that such major... Look, we are talking about deployment of troops. Soldiers can be killed. They are not going to... I mean, for, for a tea party. They are not going to present a bouquet of flowers. They are going to war. Lives will be lost. And then, who is going to fund that war? It is the Ghanaian people, the Ghanaian taxes. Have we discussed this? Have we debated it? Have we been told how much it will cost us? And do we, even the state of this economy, at the time that we are going through a domestic debt exchange program, all of these financial haircuts, pensioner bondholders, contractors are owed over 15 billion cities, school feeding caterers are owed, NAPCO trainees are owed, everybody is owed. This is a family common fund, MPs common fund. Government says they don't have the money. Are we sure we can find money to pay our troops to go to so that's ranking member on Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee. Now, head of our diplomatic and foreign affairs uh, desk, Blazard Suga, joins me with some details on the resolutions taken by ECOWAS. Uh, Blazard, just run us through what these resolutions are. If you can, Dennis, I hope you can hear me. Uh, so basically, after the summit yesterday, uh, the heads of state from the West African countries have arrived at a decisive uh, way forward um, on how to deal with the political situation in Niger. Uh, in a communique that was released after the meeting uh, yesterday, 
it appears that ECOWAS is taking their decision based on two major factors. First of all, uh, that the ultimatum that was issued um, to the military regime to hand over power and to restore the democratically elected president, Mohamed Bazoum, has failed. After that one week, they haven't been able to reach them. And also, they use the word repel. They claim that uh, the assigns and negotiators that were deployed in Tunisia were repelled by the military regime. They were not willing to engage them, and so they have decided to take a number of measures uh, which they are calling all options on the table as part of most to deal with the crisis in Niger. And that also includes uh, the fact that they would need to, quote, activate a standby force that will be deployed uh, into Niger, given the fact that the military regime is not willing to hand over power. Interesting. And, and so what are these resolutions? Can you just run us through point by point? Well, uh, basically, uh, they are... First of all, upholding all sanctions that uh, were applied uh, as of the last meeting on the 30th of July, as you can see on the screen there, uh, indicating that uh, all of their moves that they've taken will be in full force. And uh, they are directing uh, the president of the commission, first of all, to monitor the implementation of all of these sanctions that were applied. And that sanction includes the fact that uh, there'll be a no-fly zone, first of all, to and fro Niger. Uh, also, all diplomatic ties will sort of become um, stale because right now there will be no access um, in terms of dealing with any other country. Niger is being isolated, especially the military regime, and any other assign they deal with or family members, they would not be able to cross over or do business with neighboring West African countries. So all of these sanctions are still in force, except to say that they have made attempts, and we know that the Sultan of uh, Sokoto um, was one of the um, assigns that, that were, were delegated by, uh, together with General Abdul Salam, Salami of Nigeria, who were delegated to deal with um, the Niger um, military regime. All of the attempts to have them talk has failed. So those sanctions will still be in effect. And then what we'll see now is a scaling up of the sanctions. And then they are also seeking some sort of support from the African Union, the international community, and all other partners to enforce these sanctions on Niger. Then they come to the military action, first of all, asking a committee, so mind you, a committee of military uh, chiefs from West African countries, including Ghana, has been set up. All of these members of the committee have been directed to take necessary actions that will uh, lead to the activation of this ECOWAS force that would move into Niger. So for now, this is where we are. We're not sure of the timeline as to when this group will be deployed, but ECOWAS is giving a green light for the activation of that force. So that's where we are, and we're also waiting to see what exactly the Ghanaian position will be, because mind you, the defense minister indicated a couple of days ago that Ghana and our military, by extension, stands ready to deploy and to contribute troops once the green light is given. Right, that's Blessed Soga. He is head of our diplomatic and Foreign Affairs desk here at Jonis, giving us details of what uh, that echo was statement entails. Meanwhile, Nigeria's president, who also serves as chairperson of the ECOWAS, Bola Ahmed Tinubu, says all options are on the table. The outcome of this summit is a testament to the power of collaboration and unity. We have reaffirmed our commitment to the people of Niger and to the progress of our entire ECOWAS community. We will continue with that. 
and you will see from the community of this extraordinary summit that no option is taken off the table, including the use of force as a last resort. If we don't do it, no one else will do it for us. We remain steadfast in our commitment to supporting Nigeria in the journey towards peaceful and democratic stability in the country. The road ahead will undoubtedly have challenges, but I firmly believe that with our collective resolve, we can navigate these obstacles and chart a path towards lasting peace and prosperity for Nigerians and Ecuadorians. I extend my sincere gratitude to all of you for your dedication and valuable contributions during this extraordinary summit. Your unwavering commitment to ECOWAS and, and the welfare of our continent is highly commendable. That's Nigeria's president, Tinibu. He's also chairperson of ECOWAS. Away from that, government has begun the reconstruction of the bridge that collapsed uh, on the Waliwali Nalirugu Road as a result of heavy rains in the northeast region. The bridge at Tinguri and Bani near Waliwali was washed off by heavy floods after a nearby dam broke. The collapse of the bridge rendered the road inaccessible, leaving hundreds of travelers and public workers stranded thus affecting socioeconomic activities in the region. Speaking to the media after a tour of the affected areas, Deputy Roads and Highways Minister said government has employed two contractors to construct a steel bridge as a stopgap measure to reduce the plight of commuters who ply the road. Correspondent Eliasa Tanko has more. Wednesday, torrential rain caused a massive flood in the northeast region, which has been described as unprecedented by the National Disaster Management Organization in the region. According to the Disaster Management Organization in the region, a total of 62 communities in four districts were affected, with more than 10 major roads, hundreds of farm crops and houses destroyed. NADMO says health services have been suspended in some of the affected communities and there is a risk of disease outbreak as sources of drinking water are polluted and sanitation facilities collapsed by flood water. Although the torrential rain caused severe destruction across the region, the Waliwale Nalirgu Road suffered the most devastation as a result of the collapse of the dam in the Tinguri and Bani communities. The collapse of the dam has cut off access to and from the regional capital and grounded vehicular movement as well as socioeconomic activities. (laughs) 
with no alternative route, desperate travelers and motorists are still risking their lives to reach their destinations. I'm going to Nago. Uh, they brought us here with the from where we stopped to this place. They took five and a person to five So that's things. I'm a student. Okay. So I went to my mom was not and I'm also a candidate. We didn't need the government a lot. It's like every year that's what is happening. And I've been there for almost two years. I've been experiencing this all the time. Please. We are actually coming from Nalibu Ambulance Station. As a result of the heavy downpour yesterday, a room fell on that patient. It's called Elijah at Nelson. That is the new district. We were called to respond to that. Upon reaching there, the assessed patient realized that he was having a tumor. We immobilized it and brought the patient to BMC yesterday. But we could not proceed. This afternoon, we needed to transport the patient to Borga to meet a bone specialist. But because of the washout of the bridge, we can't cross. We had to arrange order our partner station, that is Walwale Ambulance Station, to stand at the other side of the water. So we also brought the patient all the way from BNC. We alighted on the On foot, we carried the patient and brought the water and delivered the patient to the Walwale Ambulance Station so that they can also proceed to Borga to meet the patient. In response, officials from the Ministry of Roads and Highways arrived in the region to assess the state of the damage rules caused by the heavy downpour. The team was led by the Deputy Minister Stephen Jalula in the company of the Chief Director and Engineers of the Ministry. After touring the affected rules, the Deputy Minister announced the start of work for the construction of a steel bridge to facilitate the movement of goods and people on the road as a temporary measure. Limited and uh, Maus Construction Limited. These are local contractors, but you have got a pedigree construction. So we are here with them, and when has even started? What we have, we are going to do at this particular spot, temporary, uh, for us to create a temporary bridge, still bridge, a completely bridge downside of the, the road, so that. Uh, and the main road where the bridge was at the bottom, and we have to put some the road, and that will take time. The reason why we are doing the temporary bridge, and uh, the temporary bridge is going to take about two weeks to be constructed. The minister said, as part of the immediate measures, processes have begun to facilitate the construction of the Mimimakparugud Nastia Road to serve as an alternative route. The regional minister, Yidana Zakari, announced that plans were in place to rehabilitate all dams found along the road. So on the whole, I think that two things will be done. The road will be constructed and then also the dam will also be reconstructed. We also want to consider the case of Langvisi the dam nearly also best is banks. The same as the dam in, in America. 
Mr. Idanao also expressed his empathy to residents and travelers and called for calm and patience for the work to proceed. We need to have patience, but if we rush over it, we may not produce the quality product that we want. So I know that um, our people are very supportive, and so they should continue to be patient. By the close of the month, they themselves will have seen the progress of work done. A member of parliament for Nalirgu Gambaga, Alhaji Baba Seidu Isifu, thanked the government for the quick response but called for the National Disaster Management Organization to be supported with adequate resources to respond to the victims of the flood. I want to use this video to also say that not more must be resourced enough to take care of this situation. It is not a normal situation for them. They've never handled a situation like this before. So we should not say that they are already around and they can do it. They need more support. They need more logistics. They need the energy to be able to give some interventions so that people will have some amount of relief. This is your election headquarters and two-time contender for the Ododododio parliamentary seat. Nilante Banaman has vowed to snatch the seat from the NDC's Nilante Vanderpoel in the 2024 elections. Addressing the media after filling his nomination or filing his nomination to contest the NPP primaries for the third time, Mr. Banaman said he is the man with enough experience to secure the seat for the NPP. Having won the 2019 primaries with 543 votes, Nilante Barnama is confident the upcoming election is a done deal for him. The former chairperson of the National Premix Committee contests for the third time against Manaf Soa, despite losing the seat to the NDC's Nilante Vanderpoel with over 6,000 votes in the 2020 general elections. He believes he has enough experience for a better shot this time. Having contested for three times, I have enough experience to know what to do and what not to do. And I can tell you, I, it, will be, it will be difficult for me to tell you all what is up my sleeves. But I can assure you that we are very poised to win the seat. In fact, the primaries you are saying it is not a, it is a done deal for me. It is true, but I'm not going to be complacent because every election has its own dynamics. So I'm not going to be complacent. I will approach these elections like any elections I have been to. I'm not going to be complacent. I know I'm going to win by a wide margin, but I'm not going to be complacent. Receiving the nomination on behalf of the party, constituency chairman Samuel Boydi urged the candidate to maintain a clean campaign devoid of insults. We are telling them that uh, they should do a clean campaign, they should desist from insults, because always the insults bring division among uh, the, in the party. Because uh, if somebody is supporting other candidates left and you are supporting right, we are all having only one party. And after that, we are going to sell all of them. Anyone that wins the seat, uh, the seat become the winner, emerge as a winner, he's going to be the one that we are going to sell. And also, we want us to be united. And we don't want to spend much time to do reconciliation. Rather, we need that time rather to do campaign. So that's why I'm telling my delegates that they should do clean and, and fair 
campaign in Odrodio because it's a high time you have to desist from that. People know Odrodio as a violence area and this and that. But now we are changing that analytics from uh, the people. In line with the chairman's directive, Neil Antipanaman urged all supporters to help him emerge victorious with the United MPP for Victory 2024 in the Odododio constituency. I wish to uh, uh, tell my delegates that at the end of the day, we are one people. We should eat. I, I want to support what my chairman said, that we are one people. We should eliminate insults. We should eliminate fights. We should eliminate all forms of acrimony from our campaign. Campaign cleanly and go for the elections. I believe strongly that Although MPP will choose Nir and Tebanama Nipana to lead it once again into election 2024. And this time around, we are going to take the seat from the NDC. This time around, we are going to take the seat from the NDC. I can assure you. Whether Neil Ante Barnaman will be the best candidate to snatch the Ododo Diodio seat from the NDC in the 2024 elections, that remains to be seen. James Kwesi Avages reports right to you. And still on the NPP, three persons have filed to contest the parliamentary primary of the party in the West Central constituency among them is the one municipal chief executive, Isaku Tahiru Mumin. The party's parliamentary candidate for the 2020 elections, Haji Ahumu Awudu, has also filed businessman and son of former Upper West Regional Chairman of the party, Abdul Nayar Isaku, is contesting as well. John News' Upper West Regional Correspondent Rafiq Salam has more. For a third consecutive time, one municipal chief executive, Isako Tire Moomin, has penciled his name to contest in the World Central MPP parliamentary primary. Accompanied by hundreds of his supporters, including former World Central chairman of the MPP, Ali Lusampo Kamara, they drove on convoy from the party's youth secretariat office at Wazongo to the party's War Central Constituency Office, located at the War Airport Street. He was welcomed into the party's office by members of the election committee, led by Abbas Mumin Siddiqui. Abbas Mumin okayed the documents after he perused through them. The war mayor, in his interaction with the media, described himself as dependable, honest, and an old horse who doesn't fear race. Being a, 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 what you call an old horse uh, who doesn't fear race, uh, we have been in it uh, two times as a parliamentary candidate and third time as a parliamentary aspirant. So today marks, uh, let me say, um, the beginning of the end of me being a parliamentary aspirant and also a parliamentary candidate because we are moving in to win this race and to win the parliamentary candidate to win the seat for MPP within, uh, you know, for our uh, central. In 2016, he lost by 525 votes to ABC and thinks this is the right time to annex the seed from his old foe. I came, I came into the race then as a neophyte. But this time I've been in the system. I know what it takes to be a member of parliament and I know what it takes to protect my votes. So this time we're going to protect the votes and we're going to campaign vigorously than we did before. So now the race is very clear. And we know we're going to face, you know, the four or five times MP of one minute, one central. Who has not been able to live up to the expectation? And we know and we feel that the people of one central have, uh, you know, denied themselves 
uh, what do you call this, the cake of this nation. Standing on his way is another old foe, and this time cousin, Hajiaumu Audu, who defeated him in 2019 to represent the party in the 2020 general election, accompanied by maze of supporters, including the young and the old, converged at the World Volleyball Court before rolling out to some principal streets in the municipality and later at the party secretariat to file a nomination. She told her team supporters that she is back to continue to unfinished business. The main agenda is to see West Central to the next level. This is the reason why I have come back to complete what we have not finished, inshallah. And I know this time the people of West Central will give me the mandate to lead them. The 39 year old Mayor Vobili Stalin says youth and women empowerment are key on their agenda. Youth, women, getting them to the other level. I know that the employment level and, and all other things, I know that the people are willing. The people are saying it everywhere. We are saying the hope of one center. It means we are here to change the narrative at one center. Earlier, businessman and son of former Apollos regional chairman of the MPP, Abner Saku, was also here to file his nomination. Unlike his colleague aspirants and clansmen who thronged the party secretariat with pomp and pageantry, he came to the secretariat on low key. He walked into the party secretariat from his campaign office at Golungo, which is about half a mile to file his nomination. Cast in the mold of his late father, Abu Nayar Isaku discarded the notion that he is a newcomer when it comes to the MPP, stating that if given the opportunity, he will work to bring all sects of the Walo community together for the development of the area. One thing which is certain and crystal clear about this MPP World Central Parliamentary Primary is that the winner of the election will be a descendant of the great Imam Yamoro of the Rumai clan. What is out of uncertain whether the person will be a female or a male. The important for doing news, Rafik Salam. Wow. Away from the NPP's uh, internal politics, Chief Executive Officer of the National Food and Buffer Stock Company, Al Haji Al Hassan Abdul Wahab Aludiba, uh, still on the NPP, has filed his nomination to contest the party's primaries in the Pusiga constituency of the Upper East Region, he told his supporters who defied heavy rains to accompany him for the filing process that he was a well-marketed candidate capable of snatching the Pusiga seat from the NDC because he's already demonstrated that his leadership will bring youth and women empowerment as well as massive development to Pusiga. Here's correspondent Albert Sorry with more on the NPP's internal elections. Haji Hanan Abdul Wahab Aludiba has become a well-known political figure in the Pusiga constituency. For six years now, under the MPP government, he has served as the chief executive officer for the National Food and Buffer Stock Company, a position he says he has used to lobby for development projects for the Pusiga constituency. In the last few years, Alhaji Hanan Aludiba has drilled boreholes for some communities helped connect some areas to the national electricity grid, 
and lobbied through the Ghana National Gas Company to get a new AstroTurf constructed in the area to help in the development of sports. The CEO of the National Food and Buffer Stock Company says in the upcoming NPP parliamentary primary, he wants the opportunity to lead the MPP in Pusiga so he can eventually win the parliamentary seat and bring more development to the area. Previous results, election results have indicated that NDC are in the lead in every election. But trust me, for me, I see this as a myth. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because the people are now seeing the difference. Previous leaders haven't been sincere to the people that there's an opportunity out there, that there's a different world out there that you can go, harvest, lobby, and bring development. I have come to prove to the good people of Pusga that, look, as leaders, we have to be very honest and sincere with you. There are opportunities, and the people are seeing it. Alhaji Hanan Abdul Wahab Aludiba, accompanied by hundreds of his supporters, defied heavy rain on the day to go through the process of filing his nomination at the Pusiga constituency office of the MPP. After filing his paperwork, Alhaji Aludiba was confident he was eventually going to get the mandate to lead the MPP in the Pusiga constituency to the 2024 parliamentary elections. Today I am here with uh, respected members of parliament and ministers of state who have accompanied me to submit my nomination forms. They didn't follow me because it is Hanan that they know, or it is Hanan who is also an MPP. No, they are here with me because they know me very well, they know the passion that I have for development, and they know that I mean well for the good people of Pusga. And they have all come here to commit with their various offices that given any opportunity, my big brother, Honorable Hassan Tampoli, is here with me as a deputy minister for transport. Apart from this sector, there are a lot of sectors in this government that he has a good relationship with managers of those sectors that he can help me lobby to bring more development to the good people of Pusga. And politics is all about the person who has the ability to bring development, to bring progress. Somebody who will not take the people for granted. And that is me. Some of his supporters also spoke to Joy News. Uh, we have appreciated a lot what he has done for Mother Pusga. And we have decided that as youth, as police station executive, as electoral area coordinators, as women group, to come together, contribute to our widow's mind. And we are even able to contribute in excess of the 3,000, which is the cost of the nomination form, to pick and to go and give it to him, to honor, to, to, for him to respond to the call that we have been giving to him to come and contest, so that inshallah will contribute and support him to become the MP. Through him, that Busga has developed, through Chief Hanan, that MPP will not know that yes, we have a candidate. Without him, I don't think this time around, where we will, we will be. Through Chief Hanan, that the Pusa MPP seat, God willing, this coming 2024 election, we are going to pick it once and for all. Because since our constitution has been given to us, MPP has never won. As of Wednesday, August 9, 
barely 24 hours before the close of nominations, no other aspirant had filed a nomination to contest in the MPP primary in the Pusiga constituency. For Joy News, Albert Sorry, Pusiga. And as we build up to the MPP's primaries, we bring you more stories on the internal elections. The South Dai District Chief Executive Godwin Kwame Dadzawa has filed to contest the party's uh, parliamentary seat in the district. Uh, he believes his performance as head of the district within the last three years puts him in a position to wrestle the seat from the NDC's Nelson Dafiamepo. There's more in the following report by Fred Kwame Asari. Godwin Kwame Dajawa was appointed South Dain District Chief Executive in 2021. He led the Assembly to undertake about 30 projects, including supervising the Agenda 111 project. He was trailed by some executives and electoral area coordinators to successfully file his nomination to contest in the new Patriotic Party parliamentary primaries. Mr. Dajawa said he decided to contest to respond to calls from the locals for him to lead a paradigm shift in the development of the constituency. I started giving my basic, listen, let me say, Nesri KG, primary school, primary school, elementary school, secondary school, which is now senior high in this place. Even after six months, I came down to do my national service here. I'm always with the people. I'm not someone brought from Accra. I'm local, locally bred, you know, brought up person. Yes, so the locals, they are calling for him. And the locals, they form the majority. Election day, those who come from outside this constituency are not many. Most of the registered voters are residing in this constituency. So they are calling for me. He promised to wrestle the seat from the incumbent MP, Nelson Roxen Dapiamekbo, who would contest the parliamentary elections on the ticket of the NDC in 2024. Honorable Dapiamekbo, you say he's my good friend, eh? Yeah, he's my very good friend. He hasn't met any young guy since he started this his political activities here. The first person he contested is an old man. The second person to he contested is an old man. Now he's a youth. I'm also a youth. You know, you can see that the people over here, they are full of youth. And the youth is the strength and the power of winning election. If the youth are with you, it means definitely you win the election. So all the youth are with me. Go around the constituency. Classrooms are being built. Agenda 111 is on at Peve and a lot of other programs. Just yesterday, we started campaigning for a project of climate change adaptation. All these are reasons for which the, the people are supporting the bid for Jaja to become what? The uh, Honorable Member of Parliament for us. What we are looking at is not about NDC or MPP. It is about the development of the people of Savdine. It is about emancipating the people and giving them their fair share of the national cake. The South Dine MPP chairman, Aaron Amwaku, hinted at the DCE, Mr. Dajawa, going unopposed in the primary. You, you can be assured that the guy will be talked to. Consensus building is also part of democracy. So as long as it's end today, I think and I want to believe there will be talks beyond this and say if DC will be will be allowed to be on our ticket unopposed and by so doing I think that unity will will, will foster very well in the constituency.
Fred Kwame Asari, Joy News, Peki Avetile. Stay with your election headquarters for more on the NPP's internal elections. This is News Desk with me, Bernice Abubedulansa. Students who are seeking admission into the Regent Truffin College of Applied Sciences in the Upper East Region this year have the opportunity to write an exam to qualify for scholarships which will take care of between 30 to 100% of their tuition fees. Just, like, just as like these are the reason founder of the college, Reverend Father Moses Awinyoja, is winner of the Joinees Impact Makers Awards. He's been speaking about these opportunities shortly after returning to his home community of Kasunamo in the Bongo district, where the college is located. Correspondent Albert Sori has more. The Regentrofen College of Applied Sciences, also known as RECAS, is a private tertiary institution accredited by the Ghana Tertiary Education Commission and affiliated to the University for Development Studies. It was founded by Reverend Father Moses Awenongya, who recently won a Joy News Impact Makers Award for his contribution to education. Since its inception in the year 2016, the Regentrofen College of Applied Sciences, located at Kansuinamu in the Bongo District, has awarded hundreds of scholarships to students who gained admission into the institution. This year, the college is again offering the opportunity for students who gain admission to study various courses to also gain scholarships of 30, 50, 70, and even 100% on their tuition fees. Reverend Father Moses Awenongya explains. The, the source of funding, as I said, I mean, uh, we've given uh, the, formerly the two main sources of funding were from the foundation, I mean, the Reagan Trophy Education Foundation, and then you didn't have the, you know, the college itself, you know, given the opportunity, knowing that it is a reduction or it's a deliberate loss being created, but we're saying that we are taking on this deliberate loss. So we're giving... Um, the students the opportunity to gain admission and to gain knowledge and with the knowledge Ghana will gain and so even if we are not gaining directly in terms of money we will be gaining because also you are building the manpower of the country and this is also part of our achievement of our people-centered philosophy. Students will have the opportunity to write the scholarship exams in Accra, Tamale, Bolgatanga, Navongo and on the college campus at Kansuinamu in the Bongo district, all on the 19th of August, 2023. We can comfortably manage from our space here um, 300 to 400 students. Why? Because we insist on small classroom numbers. So uh, even if, if a program has more than 50 students, 
we have to divide into two so that two lecturers will take so that the, the contact between the students and uh, students and lecturers is, is, is intensive you know otherwise you are bringing in um, a lot of people into and then the lecturer is standing there he cannot take assignments he cannot give projects where he cannot run seminars for them and so at the end of the day you are not able to get the the, the real uh, results that you want and so we insist on small classroom numbers or lecture hall numbers and because of that um, we can say that comfortably we can manage for now this year 300 to 400 students um, and we have no problem because of the number of staff we have. Anybody who, who applies this year whether the person has got an admission letter already or not qualifies to still come in and sit in for the examination so all of them. The programs on offer here at RECAS include diplomas and degrees in computer science business administration, accounting, agriculture for social change, and basic education. For the 2023-2024 academic year, the Regentrofen College of Applied Sciences is also introducing courses in general nursing and public health nursing. For Joy News, Albert Sori, Kansuinamu, Bongo District. Congratulations to the Reverend Father once again. Now, healthcare workers in the Greater Accra region are calling on government to establish a health insurance policy that protects their well-being. Despite their daily sacrifices, they lack adequate insurance. This appeal was made during an award ceremony to recognize the dedication of frontline healthcare workers in combating uh, COVID-19 and other diseases. There's more in the following report. The Office of the President, in partnership with the Greater Accra Regional Coordinating Council, has recognized 5,000 frontline and allied health workers across the 29 districts of the Greater Accra Region for their remarkable contributions towards the fight against COVID-19 pandemic. Speaking at the event, Chairman of the Greater Accra Regional Directors of Health, Dr. Ebenezer Isyama, indicated that although healthcare workers prioritize the well-being of the nation, their own welfare is often overlooked. I want to use this opportunity to thank our president for recognizing all of us in the health sector and other fraternities to the health sector. It means that really they have seen the good work that we did through the COVID time. I am not Oliver Twist, but I would ask that the president should still consider health workers and the good things we are doing in as much as we don't even have an insurance policy for health workers. There's no insurance policy. We sacrifice daily. And our motto says that your health, our concern. So for our health, who is concerned? It is a question. And I believe the president will hear us. The Greater Accra Regional Minister, Henry Corte, assured that his office would collaborate with the Ministry of Health to address their concerns. I know that Mr. President has talked about these uh, incentives by way of uh, motivating uh, those in the uh, health uh, uh, sector of fraternity and other disciplines. Uh, so um, we will convey same through the Minister of Health to His Excellency the President. But I know that uh, 
it will, be, it will be no news to the president because we know that he has plans of that nature. Uh, it is only that we have to pray and uh, get our economy back on track. Some awardees share their concerns with Joy News. I'm very elated and I'm very happy that all the things that we went through has been recognized by the country and today we've been awarded with the certificate. We will be happy if we also have some form of health insurance scheme to take care of us when we are not feeling well. I'm very grateful to the president for appreciating our work. In fact, it wasn't a, an easy journey. It was a very great task. We work in communities where we don't have decent accommodations. And you have to struggle out to lay your head. So I think by that call, the whole nation should be looking at it to see how best we can put the health service and even all other institutions in the right perspective. The nation will continue to appreciate the unwavering commitment of these health workers in the fight against COVID-19. Esther Cromer's report read to you. It's now time for business news and Daryl Kual has the latest in a moment. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. Good to football with Go TV. Nobody but Go TV gives you all games of La Liga and Syria. The Premier League and UEFA games that matter and the world's favorite cup competitions. Get Go TV Super for only 249 CDs to enjoy the football overload. Go TV. Love it. For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows. Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Atom Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. 
Joy 99.7 FM brings you another Joy Family Forum dubbed Becoming Mr. and Mrs. All you need to know before marriage. A breakfast meeting for singles led by Home Affairs and hosted by yours truly, Adam Night Day. Our guest speakers for the day are Ghana's favorite uncle, Uncle Ebo White, and Reverend Mrs. Rita Kranche Ankara, First Lady of the Royal House Chapel. Mrs. Theresa Riafia Sante Mamati, Ariel the Wellness Coach, Kobina Tabedu, PG Sebastian, Lawyer Kwekuyamwa Pinto, Dr. Promise Sepoga, and a host of other seasoned relationship coaches and counselors will all be in attendance. You get to enjoy a good buffet breakfast, giveaways, networking, and other fun activities at a cool rate of 150 Ghana CDs per head and 250 for two. Venue is the Best Western Plus Hotel, Nungwa. Time is 6 a.m. through to 10 a.m. and the date is 12 August 2023. Please reserve your spots now. Call or WhatsApp 059-288-9986 for your reservations. This event is supported by Best Western Plus Hotel, Nungwa, Ship Healthcare Specialist Medical Center, Nish, Gobakinti, and Marine Noel's Spa and Salon. Becoming Mr. and Mrs. All you need to know before marriage. Hello, welcome to business. My name is Daryl Powell. The Ghana Cedisco Service is hopeful the harvest season will help bring down food inflation. Food inflation in recent times has contributed significantly to overall inflation, calling for a policy direction to address the situation. Foster Jao is head of price statistics at the Ghana Cedisco Service and has been speaking to Joy Business. Because we are entering the harvest season, mm. if indeed production increases, then we are likely to go further, further down than what the projected will be like. We will come probably within the 30s, if not lower. And so if there's no any fast policy hikes in petroleum prices, then I don't think we'll, we'll get to that much. We may go up, but it will come down lower than what they are predicting. I know the statistical service uh, doesn't do predictions and projections, but realistically, are we likely to get there looking at the current rate of inflation and how food prices and basically, it's driving inflation. Yeah, so as I said, um, it is true that if you look at the month on month and the year on year, we are increasing. But as I said, the good is that we've not, we are not entering the harvest season. And so if we are able to chuck bumper harvest, enough tomatoes, enough rice, enough maize, enough vegetables, then those food, uh, food items will push the inflation down. Unless, of course, there's a reversal in some other... Uh, uh, fiscal policies like increases in taxes, increases in petroleum prices. Otherwise, with a bumper harvest, which we are all expecting because of the rains that we've had, then certainly we should be coming down, if not drastically. Now, there are mixed views about the high cost of living in the country following the increase in inflation to 43.1%. Joy Business spoke with a section of the public in Accra. Inflation is too high, you understand, some the increase, the increment of, um, you know, prices and goods and services is really bad. And especially, you know, most of the times this, these things happen when, when there's an importation, you understand, the businessmen and the investors, you know, when they try to import goods and services from outside, yeah, 
and they, you know there's a lot of taxes on them. You feel me? Yeah. So the government tried to put a lot of taxes on them, and when it happens like that, with the consumers, it's really affected. Yeah. So some of the products, something like bread, something like giving food to food to eat. Currently, right now, if you're having 20 cities, trust me, you are not going to get a food that is going to satisfy you. You understand? Unless you get like 50 cities, that is when you're going to fill. You understand? And right now, the the formation for this economy is um, 001. You understand, yeah. So that means in the morning you're not going to eat, in the afternoon you're not going to eat, then in the evening you find something to eat. The way um, things have gone high so far, it has really um, destroyed or uh, damaged our economy. So I feel like if things can go a little bit down, it also helps us and it also creates more jobs. Because now even if you can't even get a 200 job again or a 300 job at the end of the month, and now things have gone high... We can't even rent even a single room like we used to do before. So everything has gone high to the point that the insecurities keeps on adding. Because of the inflation now, even people are not patronizing our, our business. We find it very, very difficult to, to, to get our daily sales. The, the passengers are not coming they, because they use to join trotro rather than the taxi. Because the taxi is very expensive than the trotro. So they used to do the tax, uh, the trotro more than the taxes. So we are finding things very, very, very difficult now. Over the world now, you see, it is not Ghana alone. You see, the inflation, everything, rate and everything, it will be the old world. It's going to be Ghana, our, our motherland alone, you see. So it is the hand of God, you see. I mean, maybe Gakal, you know, you see. Bible tells us, the, you know, will come, times will come, and things will change. And we shall see certain things. You see? And then when we started seeing all these things, we have to know that eh, the time or the time is coming to an end. And that's it for business. Um, Brennan, we'll be back right after this break. HD, the new exciting football channel is now available only on HD Plus and brings you football from around the world. Watch Sadio Mane and Daniel Kufitre in the top weekly match of the Bundesliga 1 and EFB Cup, Primera Liga, Copa de la Liga Profesional, C. Ronaldo in the Saudi Pro League, as well as daily sports news every other hour. Also, get updated on Messi and Mbappe on PSG TV and many more. Feely Feely on HD Plus Channel 151. Agronaide, HD Plus, the Feely Feely Experience. For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM. 
Love FM. Live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play. And then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. It was barely a year ago when I sat in this very hall to witness the 2021 Distinction Awards. I watched with awe and admiration the honor and prestige conferred upon the then awardees. They had braced all the odds to make it to the top. I wondered if I could ever achieve such a feat. However, I was motivated and I determined to make it a reality. The Waiyak Distinction Awards 2022, showing this Sunday, 13th August 2023, at 6 p.m. and a repeat on Sunday, 20th August 2023 at 6 p.m. only on Join You. Thank you so much for making time to join me in this edition of News Desk. I appreciate your company. Do log on to myjoyonline.com for more news. I'm Bernice Abubedulan, so we are back at 12 with more news.